Welcome to the Living Leadership Podcast, equipping leaders to live in Christ joyfully and serve Him faithfully. The following audio was recorded at Refresh Network Online, an online community for gospel encouragement and refreshment for Christian leaders and their spouses. I couldn't remember whether we'd already uh, thought on Refresh Network Online about thankfulness, whether I had done a devotion on it, um, but I've been thinking about that recently anyway, and you might have heard this all already, and I apologize if you have, but it's uh, hopefully still good. One of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 4.15, which says, Grace is reaching more and more people, and it causes thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't lose heart. I love that. Grace is reaching more and more people, and it causes thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. It's almost a definition of conversion, I guess. Uh, Grace reaching people causing thanksgiving to overflow to God's glory. Lovely verse. Especially if we're reaching the summer weary and worn, I guess a lot of us are. I guess a lot of us find the cares of life are pressing in on us at the moment. Uh, some of us are ill, or have been ill recently. Might be that some of us are facing bereavement, some sensing a time of spiritual attack, all of us grieving over the state of the work and the church. So we were praying as facilitators beforehand. Uh, Richard Underwood was praying uh, about the fact that people are looking to us as their servant leaders for strength and just how inadequate we can feel for that at the moment. Well, Satan loves to use those to destroy our thankfulness, doesn't he? Uh, You might not come this morning feeling like giving thanks. So uh, even better to remind ourselves, at least so we can pray for each other, for confidence in the Lord. Glorifying with uh, thanksgiving or thanksgiving overflowing to the glory of God is pretty close to the heart of what we mean by worship. And it is people receiving the gospel of grace, justification by faith in Jesus' blood that does it. Saved people are thankful, worshipping people. I always think you should beware if somebody says that they have a confession, but there seems to be a, a disconnect with thankful worship. Thankfulness seems to be missing in their life, then Something not quite right. Thanksgiving and singing praise very often go hand in hand in the Bible, where God says to Pharaoh through Moses, let my people go that they may worship me. Chronicles and Psalms echo that really quite closely, but what they highlight is thankfulness. Uh, 1 Chronicles 16, for example, save us, God our Saviour, gather us and deliver us from the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. We're redeemed to worship, which is giving thanks and glorifying. Psalm 69 verse 30 goes even further. I will glorify him with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is is the glory going to God. Worship then is pretty much identical to giving thanks for his holiness, goodness, his love, glorying in his holy name exulting in him, basking in him. That's how we pursue happiness in God, with thanksgiving. Come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Uh, Not just a very close connection between thanksgiving and worship, there's also a very close connection with thanksgiving and prayer. Uh, Nehemiah 11, 
tells us about the jobs of the six heads of the Levites when they're appointed. And one of them has my favorite job description in the whole Bible. This is what I would like for my job description. Uh, one of them's called the Director of Thanksgiving and Prayer in Charge of the Songs of Thanksgiving. What a great job. Uh, people who just settle for worship leader are lightweights. Uh, they should all be called the Director of Thanksgiving and Prayer in Charge of the Songs of Thanksgiving. And so it won't surprise you to learn there's also a very close connection between thanksgiving and sacrifice. There's the fellowship offering of thanksgiving in Leviticus 7 that we're told is offered as an outward expression of thankfulness. But uh, Psalm 69 that I just quoted to you, uh, the very next verse, verse 31, it's very clear that thankfulness is more pleasing than the sacrifice. Glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than a sacrifice. One should be the expression of the other, or it's it's just empty deeds. Our service is empty deeds if it's not being uh, driven out of a heart of thankfulness. We find thankfulness in victory, like Nehemiah's choirs of thankfulness at the completion of the wall. Rejoicing, it says, because God had given them great joy, thankfulness and joy. Or when the temple is finished with a great shout of praise in Ezra 3, we also find it before, before God has given victories. We find it in much less certain and many more difficult situations. Thankfulness is a means of exhorting faith by thanking God for past grace and using that as the vehicle for our hearts, the vocabulary, the voice to express present hope in future grace. Uh, my favorite probably is Jehoshaphat when he's facing his hard, by no means certain battle. He exalts faith by putting people in front of the army to praise God for the splendor of his holiness. With these words, give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. I love that. Love the idea that this army is advancing on this sort of behind this bow wave of thankfulness. That's what's going in front of them, clearing the way with the glory of God. And it says the Lord then set the ambushes. Well, the Lord had to because you could hear them coming from about 20 miles away. What a great way to face uncertainty and fear. And I often wonder with our people whether they, uh, what, what it's like for them when they see us living in thankfulness, even in uncertainty and fear, and for them to come behind a bow wave of uh, leaders who are yeah, rejoicing with thankfulness. Of course, the main standout one repeated time after time after time, the most repeated refrain in the scriptures is give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. It's almost the definition in the Old Testament of how you give thanks. I've often wondered when we read uh, about Jesus at the Last Supper, taking bread and giving thanks, I wonder if that's how he did it. Really at the, the, the high point of the Old Testament, the dedication of Solomon's temple, when the weight and the brilliance of the glory of God fell, the priests couldn't enter because of weight descent. They're, they're kind of forced out. The priests and Levites took the instruments that David had made for praising and which were used uh, when David gave thanks. And they said, his love endures forever. Generation later, their worship practice, we're told, was with David's instruments and David's instructions on how to worship Give thanks to God for his eternal love, Second Chronicles 7, verse 6. Well, let's just, um, let me read to you how 
the great king himself did it at the end of his life. This is First Chronicles 29, you'll know it well. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything on, in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. It's repeated throughout the Psalms, of course. It's obviously 136, that lovely Bible overview of God's redeeming acts for his people with thankfulness for his everlasting love woven into every couplet. And perhaps the great summary, Psalm 100, which is actually titled A Psalm for Giving Grateful Praise, Psalm for Thanksgiving. When we get to the New Testament, we discover that one of the clearest definitions of sin and rebellion there in Romans 1 is exactly the refusal to glorify and give thanks, refusing to worship and thank the one who is due worship and thankfulness. And the result is swapping wisdom for foolishness, the glory of God for idols, truth for lies, the creator for slavery to create things, purity for immorality and darkness over their thinking. That's what's at stake in this question of thankfulness. If we want to get out of foolishness and into wisdom, well, thankfulness it is the opposite of foolish talk, according to Ephesians 5 verse 4. We want to overcome lies, thankfulness. If we're being overcome by sexual immorality and temptation, then turn to thankfulness. We want to learn to start to worship and uh, fan that into flame again in our hearts, start with thankfulness. Praying with thanksgiving is the antidote to anxiety, according to Philippians 4, 6. And you want to get out of anxiety and praying with thanksgiving. In the New Testament, thanksgiving's mainly two things. Thanks for the gospel, being in Jesus, being recipients of grace. Remember, it's grace reaching more and more people that causes thanksgiving to overflow, delighting in his grace and righteousness given to us in the place of our own. And there's thanks for participating in the gospel, living out the truth in the ways of God. Spirit and truth, grace and truth. Jesus gives uh, thanks five times, twice over the loaves and fishes. Uh, John reports after the event, uh, he says, I'm reporting from the place that people had eaten after the Lord had given thanks. It's interesting. He recalls the, the giving thanks as much as he does the eating. I wonder what that Thanksgiving was like. Uh, Jesus gives thanks twice at the Last Supper. Paul later on calls the cup of the new covenant the cup of thanksgiving for giving thanks for participating in the blood of Christ. Uh, Jesus gives thanks once in John 11 at the grave of Lazarus, thanking the Father that he hears him publicly for the benefit of those standing there so that they may believe. If you like, thankfulness as evangelism combined with the miraculous resurrection sign that he's about to enact. And maybe also once in Luke 10, when Jesus ecstatically praises the Father for hiding things from the wise and revealing them to little children for his good pleasure. 
The last Thanksgiving in the Bible is arguably um, Revelation 19, when Babylon is destroyed. But the last time it's called Thanksgiving is Revelation 11, verse 17, when we find them worshipping on their faces, giving thanks for Jesus' reign and his power and the final triumph of his kingdom, the kingdom of our God has, well, of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. Give thanks to the Lord for his love, for he is good, his love endures forever. And lastly, how are we told to give thanks? Well, we're told to be filled with the Spirit, be being filled with the Spirit, accompanying it with worship, edifying, and giving thanks. We're told to receive God's grace by which we reign in life, Romans 5.17, and obviously that causes thanksgiving to overflow. We're told to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, doing whatever we do in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to the Father. We're told to do it musically, joyfully, with voices raised in praise. We're told to do it in the great assembly, and we're told to do it in all circumstances, in everything in life and in death. And we're told to do it in and through the name of the Lord Jesus. What used to be, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever, is now, thank you, Heavenly Father, for being good to us in the person of your Son and showing us and showering us with your eternal love in him. Well, that's just a little overview of what the Bible says about thankfulness. With all our hearts, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Amen. At Living Leadership, we're committed to encouraging leaders to live joyfully in Christ and serve him faithfully. And one of the things we talk about as a way to help us do this is the idea of rest. We always want to make sure that we are practicing what we preach too, which is why this will be the last Living Leadership podcast episode to appear in your feed until September. This will allow our staff to take longer holidays and to take advantage of a different rhythm of work throughout the summer. Paul Coulter, our Head of Ministry Operations, has written a prayer which seeks to recapture the original meaning of the words we use for breaks from work, and which echoes well-known words from Psalm 51, verses 10 to 12. And I just want to finish with that prayer. Will you join me in praying this for yourself today as well? Father, you are the giver of every good gift, and I am your finite creation and beloved child. I receive the gift of days without work as a good gift from you. Free me from the false guilt and help me to make the most of this time. May my holiday be a sequence of holy days, encountering and enjoying you. In my leave, may I abandon burdens that I was not made to carry and rejoice in you and your creation. 
in my vacation. Help me to be unoccupied with work and its stresses. In my break, fracture the grip of unhealthy attitudes and patterns in my life. May my days off be unhurried days of delight in those closest to me. Recreate in me a clean heart during this time. Refashion my rhythms in tune with your heart. Restore my joy in your salvation. Renew a right spirit in me that honours you in rest and in work. Refresh my love for you and others. May I live each day without work, aware of your presence and alive by your Holy Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. All of us here at Living Leadership wish you a very blessed summer and look forward to being with you again in September. Thank you for listening to the Living Leadership Podcast. We hope what you've heard today spurs you on in your walk with the Lord. If you're encouraged by today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend or colleague or leaving us a review on your podcast app of choice to help others find us. If you'd like to engage further with us on anything we've discussed today, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on any major social media application at Living Leaders, or you can visit our website, www.livingleadership.org, where you'll find even more support and resources to help you live in Christ joyfully and serve him faithfully. Blessings. Blessings.